Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Monday, June 5th, 2023. I'm Mike Cachopoli. How's everyone doing? How is everyone doing tonight? I know it's crazy. It's a special time for the show tonight because I'm in Florida. So I'm on the East Coast. So when I'm on the East Coast, I do the show earlier. Usually this show airs at 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. But tonight is airing uh, at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific time. So that's the deal. And uh, I'm in Florida. Yeah, I'm on a little bit of vacation. I'm enjoying, you know, I every once in a while, I like to leave the prison state of uh, California and go to the free state of Florida. And um, the crime-ridden, homeless-ridden uh, disaster that is San Francisco, and I am here right now in uh, Miami. I'm currently in Miami. And uh, it's a whole different, look, there's, there's homeless, you know, there's a little bit, there's a little bit of, you know, garbage here and there, but for the most part, it's just very different. You feel the city feels cleaner. Um, it definitely feels safer. And one thing we know is that Miami's now one of the safest, safest cities in all of the country. It used to be, it used to be not very safe to tell you the truth. It used to be one of the most crime-ridden cities, but that has changed and is now one of the safest cities in the country, very low crime and, uh, you know, just a, just a much higher uh, quality of life than uh, California. So it's nice to get out here every once in a while. And I'm here and I'm just having a good time, just enjoying myself, just, you know, it's much more laid back. The weather's so warm. And it's just, you just, you just feel it. You feel the difference, um, between here and, uh, and, and San Francisco and Florida and California. And of course, anyone who has, uh, anyone who has come here knows that it's very free, very open. Uh, you know, it's a, the, the quality of life is much higher and everything you hear about Florida from the morons who run California, uh, a total bullshit. It's total propaganda. It's propaganda from the media. It's propaganda from the uh, politicians. It's just total 100% propaganda. And so, you know, we have to get out every once in a while and see things for ourselves, okay? Not just take the word of politicians or or, or take the word of uh, of of. Uh, of people in the media who want you to believe that Florida is, uh, you know, run by a fascist and there's no freedom here and all this nonsense, which really has zero common sense around it because we know what happened here during COVID. Remember, I've, I've been here several times during COVID during the, the main years of COVID, the first couple of years. And it really was. And I think I explained this on previous podcasts when I was back in, in here in Florida and I was talking about it. It really felt during the COVID years that you were going from 
a a prison, you had prison release. You were a prisoner who was let go for the weekend on good behavior. That's what it felt like. It felt like prison release coming to Florida. Like finally you can, it felt like freedom. It simply felt like freedom. It felt like what America should be. That's what it felt like. And everyone knows that. Everyone outside the the legacy media and f- the few politicians like Gavin Newsom in California and Scott Weiner in California and politic- Democratic politicians around the country who just rely on people not getting around, rely on people actually not going to places and see the way things are for themselves and talk to local people, talk to local people. Outside of that, people know this is the place to be. Why? Because we have proof of it. Because during COVID, we had politicians coming here, vacationing here. We had AOC vacationing here from New York. And we had Nancy Pelosi vacationing here from California. And we know that. And we see it over and over again. Now, even in its current state with this nonsense of don't say gay and this, that, and the other thing, which is total bullshit, we see gay events here, right? We see gay men coming here, gay men and women coming here and partying. So why would they come here to party if, like the NAACP said, it was such a dangerous place for blacks and gays, such a dangerous state for minorities? We know it's total unmitigated bullshit. They make it up. They just simply make it up because they know most of their cult haven't left their little two-block radius in Manhattan or their two-block radius in San Francisco or Los Angeles, and they believe everything they're told. They believe what they're told. It's almost like the grass is greener on the other side, but they don't let you see that, right? They don't let you see the other side. They stop you from going to the other side, and they tell you, oh, no, that's not beautiful, luxurious green grass on the other side. You have to see What's on the other side? Oh, you don't want to see how bad it is. On the other side, it's almost like a Neanderthal thing, right? It's almost like a, it's really bizarre. It really is. It's almost like uh, uh, in uh, in times before we had technology, right? When people didn't know a snowstorm was coming until it came, right? And uh, that's where we are now. It's amazing. But they know that so many people didn't travel. And still haven't. I'm still hearing people telling me that this is the first time they're traveling this year since 2020. And I can't believe it because I've traveled about 15 times since 2020. I was traveling in the summer of 2020 to places like New York. So I know what it's like, but they know, the Democrats know that most of their constituents, most of their voters don't know. They only know what they're told in the media. And I like to make this point whenever I come here to Florida, because the people here are just happy to live here. Unlike San Francisco, where people just want to leave, they're not happy there. If they're there, it's because they're forced to be there, because they can't leave. Remember that scene in A Bronx Tale with Chaz Palminteri locks the door behind all those bikers and says, now you can't leave. That's how most people in San Francisco, most people in California feel they can't leave. They're being held prisoner. 
except it's not by a mobster. It's by a hair gel king who is obsessed with every other state but his own. Of course, he doesn't want to talk about his own. If your house is in disarray, you don't want to talk about your own house. You want to talk about everyone else's house. That's what you want to talk about. You want to talk about everyone else's house because you don't want to talk about your house, which is an incredible disarray. And that's what we see over and over again from the from the hair gel, hair gel king of California and other politicians in California. They don't want you to know that the grass is indeed greener on the other side. And unlike California, people here in Florida love being here. They wouldn't want to leave. They don't even want to go to California or New York for vacation. Unlike everyone else who's uh, coming here for vacation and coming here to live. I'll get to your call one minute, Shendai. Let me just, let me finish my rant and I'll get to your call. Um, so it's a, it's, it's when you come here, you will see what it's like. And I recommend everyone come here for a week or two and just simply see what life is like here. The grass is indeed greener on the other side, that people are happy here. They have a better quality of life here. It's just the way it is. And so I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy to be here. And of course, as usual, I don't want to go back. But there's a lot going on, and we'll get to it. Uh, but we do have... Hey, Shandai, how are you doing? I can hardly hear you. Shanda, are you there? Hello? I can hear you for a second there, but you were very muzzled. So I couldn't hear you too well. If you want to come back on. It's very low, muffled. Yeah, it's very low, muffled. So I can't hear you very well. But if you can figure it out, you can come back on. It's not a problem. Um, but like I said, this is the situation. This is the reality that people here are happy. They just are. They have a great quality of life. Things are cheaper. Things are getting a little bit more expensive because people are moving here. That's why. Notice things are getting more expensive here for a good reason, Right? For a good reason, because people want to be here. They're moving here. That's why property values are going up, unlike California. And there have been so many stories over the last couple of days that I'll get to about property values collapsing in California because people are leaving. And the quality of life is so low that people don't want to live there anymore. They just don't. They don't want to be there. They want to be here. So yeah, it's getting a little bit more expensive. But like I said, for a good reason, for a good reason, while California, places like my city of San Francisco, are stuck in a doom loop. They're stuck in a doom loop. And they that they'll never get out of, it's only going to get worse. Because you have politicians here, who are interested in actual, like DeSantis and getting things done. Case in point, when the hurricane hit. And Shandai, are you there? No. Yep, you, you sound better now. Um, so um, I, I, um, I have a scenario um, 
So, um, like, you have to look at both sides um, of a story. It's kind of like when you, you know, like, you want to go on a path full of snakes or you want to go for a path of roses. Like, to me, like, that's how it looks like. Like, you got to look at both sides of a story and see, like, you know, you know, where do you want to go? Like, what, what do you want to hear? Do you want to hear the good side of the story? Do you want to hear the bad side of the story? You got to hear both viewpoints. In what regard? About what? Like about Florida? What do you mean? Like in gen, in general? Or in general, in general. Well, yeah. But the thing about, as I was saying, about what the people in places like California hear about Florida, they're only hearing one side, right? Because they're not going themselves to see the other side. So they're just taking Gavin Newsom's word for it, you know, CNN or MSNBC's word for it, instead of actually going and seeing what it's like. I have a word for that, and it's, 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 called, it's called ignorance. It's being willfully it's, ignorant. Yeah, like for some people, if you hear one side of a story and you don't hear the other, other side of the story, how do you know what's really going on when you're just hearing one side of what went well, but on? Even, you even if you hear both sides, you need to find out for yourself what side is the truth. Um, because more often than not, one side is lying. And so you have to find out for yourself. You have to do your own investigating, right? You have to do your own research and trying to figure out. But here's the thing, what's going on in places like California. The people there know the politicians are lying. They know the media is lying. They don't want to see the truth. Like Jack Nicholson said in A Few Good Men, they can't handle the truth. They simply want to believe what they're being told because that's the world. That's the reality that they want to live in. That's the reality that they're most comfortable living in. And they don't want to see the actual reality. They don't want to see the truth because it will shatter their world for, narrative. For some, it's it's kind of something similarity at work. Like, for example, you're having a confrontation between two people and then one mm -hmm. person is, he know, one person is telling the truth. Other person is telling the fault, the, is not even is lying. Right. Are you going to believe the person who's telling the truth or are you going to believe the person that's lying and basically making, you know, basically taking advantage of you? Um, that's a good, that's a good question. Yeah. That's a very good question. You know, it's a, once again, you have to have some kind of common sense. You really do. You have to have some kind of common sense and you simply can't just take the word for the media or the people of one party who want you to believe one specific thing that's like i say like i've said many times that's kind of the cult mentality where you just believe what your cult says to you and you and, don't really want to see and, the reality it's just easier and you, to live within that cult and believe everything they say and you just like what 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 it is really here is that you don't really believe that you don't believe everything they're saying like you know they might be telling that they might be lying and you know you're gonna believe everything they say that's what i say like don't be gullible and don't believe everything somebody else is saying. You need to understand where they're coming from. Just don't be, just don't take all their nonsense and BS and take it in like a grain of salt. Absolutely. Yeah. That's because a good if point. you believe everything they say, you might get tricked if you believe. Yeah. It's, there's no doubt about it. And people are constantly getting tricked. And you might you know, they're constantly getting tricked because they don't. They don't worry about take the effort to find the truth. It just takes it takes a little bit of effort. 
It really does. It takes a little bit of effort to find truth, and people are lazy. Yeah, but they have no credibility of what they're saying. Right. Where you don't believe what they're saying, and they're just trying, like, to get away from the situation as any way possible. Right. And that's where I don't agree, because I'm trying to explain to them everything, and they don't want to understand. They don't want to listen to me. They don't want to believe that I'm telling them everything is true. And I'm like, I just can't deal with that, you know? I just have, like, if, if, if a guest isn't, like, at work, if I'm trying to do what somebody's telling 100% false facts, I'm not there to argue with the, with that person. Like, I don't want confrontation any anywhere. Like, I know confrontation is essential. I know, like, there is one time when a-holes are going to be messing around with you, and you have to tell them that, you know, you know, you got to set it, set it straight to them. Absolutely. There will be crazy people in the world. I mean, you can't be the international police of the world and deal with everybody that you see. Absol- absolutely. And, uh, Shandai, thanks for the But you're right, and that's it. We People need to find their own way sometimes, find the truth, right? And it's up to them to do some research. But like I said, it's much easier for most people just to believe what they're told. It's willful ignorance, and it's easy for them. So that's the way they go, and that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. And things won't change. Remember, they don't want, they don't want their leaders they don't want they the leaders don't want people to do research. We saw this during COVID, right? They said, "Oh, don't do your research. Just just believe what we tell you, right? Believe what we tell you. Everything we tell you is the truth, you know." And uh, the the most ignorant people believe that, and a lot of people in this country are ignorant. They know nothing about history. They know nothing about uh, literature, which warns us of this. I mean, George Orwell warned of, of warned us of this stuff. Right. Great writers warned us of this kind of dictatorship where the people would be just willing participants in a dictatorship, believe what their dictators say. And that's what's happened, basically. But what I want to get to is reasons why things are so much better here in uh, in Florida than in uh, than in in, uh, in New York, in California, New York. Now, we. We have a situation where we have the governor of Florida running for president, right? And he's running on his accomplishments here, which are many, which are more than probably any governor anywhere in the nation. And so we have a guy here who cares about his state, who has done the right things, which is why he won by a million and a half votes. So let's say what happened here a while back, hurricane hit, right? Last year, a hurricane hit and there was a bridge that was knocked out. It was a very important bridge. People needed to use it to get from one area to the next. And so they asked DeSantis to get the bridge fixed. And he got the bridge fixed in three days. In three days, that bridge was fixed. Now, the streets in San Francisco are so screwed up, they never fix them. If something needs to be fixed in San Francisco, it takes years. It takes years for them to put in a bus lane, bus lane down one street, years, millions and millions and millions of dollars, right? Yet Ron DeSantis fixed this bridge probably quite economically in 72 hours. That's what people want. 
Okay. And so all of those people that lived in that area voted for Ron DeSantis because that's what they want from their politicians. They want them to get things done. Right. And not just people in that area, but people outside that area see what their governor is doing for their fellow man and woman here and they vote for him. Okay. So you have Ron DeSantis who actually gets real things done, real issues, real things. Now, what's going on in San Francisco right now as I speak? Well, they're kicking off the Capital Pride celebration in Sacramento with the amazing Sister Roma and other Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence. We're honoring Scott Weiner. Scott Weiner, the groomer extraordinaire, put out a tweet that said, we're honoring Sister Roma and other badass LGBTQ community leaders from around California. And there's a photo of him surrounded by six uh, miscreants. Six very absurd individuals, to put it nicely, uh, who mock Christianity. That's what the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence do. They're not like these fun gay guys who just are there to get a good laugh or make people feel good or to celebrate Pride Month. And we'll get to Pride Month in a second. But this, they mock Christianity. Would he be surrounded by six people who mock Judaism? Would he be around six people who mock Muslims? Of course not. But Scott Weiner surrounds himself with six men. Understand what these, understand what these individuals are. They're men mocking women, mocking Christianity. They're men who look like total AAA freaks, freakolas, mocking women, who are mocking nuns, who are mocking Christianity. That's what they are. So if Scott Weiner believes in mocking all religions, maybe he's like a, what's his name? Maybe he's the politician version of a great, of a stand-up comic like Don Rickles, who wants to mock everybody. But of course, that's not the truth. He would never be surrounded by six men mocking Judaism or six men mocking Muslims. But you can, you can mock Christianity, you see. That's the double standard. And these Fuck twats will say there's no such thing as a double standard, which makes you want to strangle them. Okay? Because these are low lives. He's a true low life, Scott Weiner. But think about this, and I've said this before. People will say, Mike, come on, you're always calling Scott Weiner a low life, but he keeps on getting reelected. Sure. Because the people in San Francisco only care about this. This is why their city, my city, is a shithole. Because they care more about this whack job virtue signaling wokeness where their politicians are surrounding themselves with men playing nuns mocking Christianity than someone like Ron DeSantis who actually gets actual concrete things done. Actual concrete things done. So think about the difference in the mentality of the voter in Florida, in the cities of Florida, California, mainly cities like LA and, and San Francisco, with their politicians can be total freak shows. You could be a total freak show politician in these places because your voters are freak shows. Now, this is something else that Scott Weiner is. He's a very low self-esteem person, right? He's a low self-esteem person who's really, you know, he's always talking about homophobia, but he hates himself. He's never been comfortable with who he is. If he did that, he wouldn't have to mock Christianity. He wouldn't have to mock Christianity in order to celebrate who he is. 
if he were a secure person who didn't deep down inside, or maybe not even very deep down inside, hate himself. He hates himself. And the gays who cheer on this crap are also very insecure people who hate themselves. Secure people don't have to mock others. Secure people who don't hate themselves and love themselves don't have to mock Christians. They don't have to mock Republicans. They don't have to mock anybody. They can just simply celebrate who they are and have fun. Which brings me to the point of gay pride. You know, gay pride may have been like these parades and months and all these things may have been may have been important in the 60s and 70s when everyone was coming out and it was being accepted and homophobia was maybe a thing more than it is now. Sure, sure. There might have been reasons for parades and marches in the 80s and 90s because of AIDS and because of someone like Fauci, who was a total scumbag and killed gay men, even though the friends of those gay men who died simply forgot what he had done, okay? The gay men in the 80s and 90s who were protesting uh, Tony Fauci and he killed their friends and loved ones, they forgot all about that, conveniently forgot all about that, but maybe that's for another show. But maybe there was a time for these kinds of things, but those times have long passed. There's no reason for gay pride parades anymore or for gay pride months every June. So if you just want to fit in, if you want to just be a normal part of society, why do you need a special day, let alone an entire month every single year? So this June gay pride thing, is this going to be done in 2097? They're still going to need it in 20, in the year 2097. At some point you have to say, okay, that's it. We're just accepted now. Although, of course, the trans people are coming in and taking over and destroying everything. Many of, of the gay rights people have worked for and earned over the last half century. They're coming in and destroying it. Now, the gays and lesbians won't go after them because they have to virtue signal. They have to pretend they love these people because they have to love everyone who's different. Everyone who's different has to be loved and brought into the community. In fact, when they're destroying their community. And, uh, but as far as the LGBT part, uh, part of LGBT, there's no need for any of this. There isn't. You've gotten where you wanted to be. You've got gay marriage. You've got Remember, you had civil unions, then you got gay marriage, and you've got acceptance now, and everyone knows someone who's gay, and everyone loves someone who's gay. It's not needed if you want to just be normal. If you want now, if you want to stand out and be special, it's necessary. So I ask the gay community do you want to just stand out and be special and be better than everyone else? or stick out like a sore thumb, or do you just want to be part of society and accepted and treated equally and as a peer? So that's the decision the gay community has to make. And you have to be honest about it. Of course, most of them are dishonest about it. They'll say, no, 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 we don't want special treatment. We want to be just treated like equally. Then why do you get a special month? How come I don't get Micah Chapelle month? How come, how come, how come white men don't get a special month? Why? What's wrong with being proud of being white. What, what's proud of, what's wrong with being proud of being Caucasian? Well, I don't understand.
If you could be proud of being black, if you could be proud of being Latino, if you can be proud of being gay, why can't you be proud of being Caucasian? Why can't you be proud of being Christian? Hmm? Why? Why can't you be proud of being evangelical? Why don't we have evangelical month? How about a Baptist month? You see, I'm right. I'm right. This is called common sense. This is called no double standard. These are double standards. So they'll say they want to be treated just like everybody else. And then they want a special month and they want photos with the sisters of perpetual indulgence around them. And they want the Dodgers to do a special gay night and the giants to do gay night. And why? No, no. You want to be treated special. So that's okay. But you have to be honest about it. You have to come out and say, we want to be treated special. We think we need to be treated special. Now, what that would show me is honesty, but also insecurity, because you don't need to be treated special if you're secure. You don't need to mock a religion if you're secure. But this is what the gay people think. And I use these in very generalities. Not everybody. But too many gay men and women seem to think that they deserve to mock other people. Maybe because they were mocked for a long time, or they took it on the chin for many years, that they have the right to mock others. You can't mock them. If you mock them, you're a horrible fascist homophobe. But they can mock Christianity. They can laugh at religion. They can say, fuck the Pope. They can say, fuck these people. Why do they believe they have that right? Why do they believe they have that right? When they actually, we know in reality, they, in a decent, fair world, they don't have that right. They have no right to mock Christianity. But here's the thing. They're bullies, you see, because so many of them were bullied when they were young and they had horrible childhoods. And a lot of it may have come from the church. And now this is them getting back. But that is not a secure adult. That is not a secure, well-sane adult. A secure, well-sane adult doesn't do any of that stuff. They say, look, we're not going to do what they did to us. That's not fair. That's not right. Two wrongs don't make a right. But they believe either consciously or subconsciously, depending on who you talk to, that they have every right in the world to mock other groups. They have every right in the world to mock other groups they see as oppressors to them in the present or the past, right? So they see Republicans as being oppressive to them in the present or the past. They see Christians as being oppressors to them in the present and in the past. So they feel they have the right to mock them. Well, then other groups have the right to mock them. See, that's the way it works. That's the way it works. You see, they won't like that. They won't like that at all. But that's in a real, sane, fair world, that's the way it works. If you mock me, I mock you. If you're respectful to me, I'm respectful to you. So you show me respect, you get respect back. But if you start being men dressing like clowns, like nuns and making fun of Christianity, then why should I respect you? Why? Why should I love you? Why should I believe love is love when you mock me? Why? Now, I don't consider myself a Christian. I'm speaking for Christians. When I say me, and of course, I don't mean me. I mean the collective they, Christians. Why should they accept gays when gays mock them? When they see photos like this with a state senator standing around with six men making fun of nuns, mocking Christianity, why should I respect you? This is not 
The left, including the gays, of course, the most of them on the left, they talk about this one way street with Trump, right? With the, you know, respect, right? He wants everyone to respect him, but he doesn't respect anyone. Loyalty, right? He wants everyone to be loyal to them, but not loyal to him. Well, let's take this. If you're mocking me, why should I be fair to you? Why should I not mock you? Loyalty, respect is a two-way street. You say that with Donald John Trump, right? Well, then you have to say it about yourself too, or you're simply a fucking hypocrite, which so many of them are. But this is what this is what I originally was talking about this was that this is what the leaders in California are focused on. Their state is fucked in shithole. It's a dump. Their cities suck. There's crime. There's home rampant homelessness. All the businesses are leaving. The corporations are leaving. The small businesses are leaving. Families are leaving. Millions of people are leaving. They're losing congressional districts. Their cities in a huge deficit. Their countries, their, their, their states in a huge deficit. They are a total unmitigated, swampy shithole, California. And this is what their politicians are focused on. Then you come here to Florida and you see a place which is number one in uh, education, number one in tourism, tops in economy, number one lowest crime in half a century. And yet their leaders here are actually focused on real things. Look, if anyone wanted to dance around with the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence, Ron DeSantis would have every right to do it. Because his state's in great shape, yet there he is working, doing real things. But they are so inept in California. People like Scott Weiner and Nancy Pelosi and Gavin Newsom and Shiffy Shift and, Sw and Swallows. All these people are so incompetent that they know they have to do a virtue signaling woke song and dance in order to stay in office. That'll do it. Just make sure the voters see you surrounded by the sisters of perpetual indulgence, and you're in. How sad is that? But it's the absolute truth. Look, I hate these people. I hate these scumbags like Wiener and Newsom with a passion. And people who listen to this show know that. I don't hide it. I hate them. But they know what they're doing. They know how to stay in office. They know how to keep their jobs. They know how to get their pension. They know how to do it. And that's the scary thing about living in a place like San Francisco. You're surrounded by people who think this is a good politician. They think this is a good politician. I've used to go to see Scott Weiner in gay bars in San Francisco. He's a hero. It's very sad. It's very sad and it's very frightening. But that's the way it is because the voters are ignorant because they're in a cult. Just like I talk about Trumpers being cultists and they are. Trump is a cult. He's a cult leader. You know, I just saw these people do great work on social media with like, memes and they blended Jim Jones and Donald Trump into one person. It looks fantastic, but that's it. I talk about Jim Jones all the time when talking about Trump. Well, I could talk about Jim Jones with the Democratic Party. They're cult. This is a cult. It's a cult, right? When your leaders can do no wrong to the Democrats, when all they do is wrong, when they leave you with a low quality of life, yet you still vote for them, it's a cult. In other words, here, drink this poison and you do it. And it's the same thing with Trumpers. But today we'll talk about Democrats. Um, and it's this is cult mentality that it's, it's, it's impervious to facts, right? It's impervious to reality. It's impervious to, to common sense. It really is. And so... I've stopped. I used to try 
right? Well into my 30s and early 40s, I would try to change people, right? I would try to say, no, look, 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 look. No, you can't do it. If you try to reform a cult, a cult, cultist, they'll just turn on you and kill you, basically. So it's pointless. How do you do it? You got to go through them. You got to defeat the cult by any means necessary, whatever it may be. That's what you have to do now. I'm sorry. There's no getting through to these people. It's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. Not many people have the ability to take in facts and change their beliefs. It's very difficult. Uh, you know, look, I, I'm not there. I know some people who have done it and I did it myself. Right. But it's, it's not the majority of people. It's the minority of people who are able to take in information and say, you know what? These people I thought were on my side aren't. They're not. These people I thought weren't on my side, maybe they care about me a little bit more. Most people can't do that. They stick to their cult no matter what. And this is the proof on both sides, right? There are many people who are Democrats and they'll vote for whoever has a D next to their name. You know it's true. And there are people who are Republicans and they'll vote for everyone that has an R next to their name. This is probably the overwhelming majority of the American public. I know independents are half of the country, but most independents are are leaning strongly one way or the other with most of their votes and very, votes and very rarely switch over. So it's a small percentage of this country that's really willing to listen and say, okay, we're in a time right now where these people are not doing what they need to do for us. We're in a time right now where these people are doing more of what they need to do for us. So we're going to go this way. Most people can't do that. They can't. They cannot. They just reflexively vote. But think of how dumb that is. Is that not dumb? To just reflexively vote for, let's say, Joe Biden because he's got a D next to his name. No matter how fucking awful, it's obvious he's gone. He's physically gone. He's mentally gone. He's psychologically gone. His eyes are soulless. They're, they're empty. There's nothing behind them. There's no brain matter behind them. You can see it in his soulless, dead black eyes. He's a horror. He's a total fucking disaster. But he's got a D next to his name, so I'm going to vote for him. How dumb is that? How ignorant? Really? How, how low is that? Just, it's not just low IQ. It's, it's kind of like an amoeba. You have nothing to you if that's all you care about. You're not even a, a, a living, breathing human being with a soul if that's all you care about is a letter next to someone's name. I can't put it in any kinder, prettier terms. I just can't. You know, there are people out there like Rob Reiner. Who say, no, shut up and vote for Joe Biden. Shut up. Be good. Be a good Democrat. They actually say those words. I'm not making those words up. These are the kinds of words I hear all the time. No, be a good Democrat and vote for Joe Biden. No, be a good Democrat and vote for Hillary Clinton. Be a good Democrat and vote for blank, blank, blank. That's what they say. So basically what you're saying is don't think you're in a cult and you vote for the cult leader, period. This is what they believe. How frightening is that? Truly, how frightening is that? And this bullshit excuse of this, this is always the bullshit excuse. And this is both sides. But this is we're going to use Joe Biden because he's the president right now. And he's a disaster. He's one of the worst presidents in the history of our country. So 
This is using Joe Biden. They'll always use this excuse. Yeah, he's not great, but the other side is worse. What is, of course, total bullshit. They know nothing about the other side. They don't care to even think about the other side. They don't investigate the other side. What they're saying is the other side has an R and D is always better than R. That's what they're saying. So don't believe their bullshit of, oh, the other side is always worse. The R, 125,000% of the time is always worse. If you believe that, you're a fucking idiot. It's impossible. It's mathematically impossible. Okay? But this is the excuse they'll give. Oh, I can't vote for a Republican. Oh, oh, I could never vote. Why, you moron? Because you don't even think about it. That's why you just follow the cult. You follow the cult into the abyss. And with cults, the abyss, the abyss is usually like uh, the end. The end. Well, the Jim Jones, right? The, the Comet people. They all went to the grave. That's all they, that's the only place they all went to. Commonplace. You have to be able to think for yourself, people. Come on, give me a break. Give me a break. There's no one with half a brain who can think Joe Biden is a good president now or should be president, not for the next two years, not for the next four years, the next five and a half years. You have to be insane. Insane. And what happens if Joe Biden wins and he's not president for the term? It's Kamala Harris, which is frighteningly enough, could be even worse. So once again, how about politicians who actually get things done for you instead of posing with fake nuns who make fun of Christianity? Is that possible? Well, here's another thing that's going on (laughs) that another smokescreen the Democrats are putting up, which is that we need to embrace these this transgender movement, this transgender craze. All of a sudden, everyone wants to be the opposite sex. It's just a thing now. But hey, if you want to be the opposite sex, they're so insane that uh, one Democrat named Nina Turner just put out a, uh, a tweet saying, if someone says they're a woman, they're a woman, period. Now, how insane is that? Let's go through that statement again. If someone says they're a woman, they're a woman, Period. Okay. So I say I'm a dog. Am I a dog? Uh, let's see. I say that I am Jesus Christ. Am I Jesus Christ? Now, normally, here, let's go back to a time not too long ago, like maybe four years, where if someone goes around believing that they're a dog, you, you get them help. If someone goes around believing they're Jesus Christ, you certainly don't believe, hello, Jesus Christ. You don't say, hi, Jesus Christ. You put them in a mental institution until they don't believe they're Jesus Christ anymore because they're not. So this whole, I mean, it's just, we've gotten to a point where reality doesn't even exist for Democrats anymore. It doesn't exist. So if you, like I was, once again, being able to take in information and change, like I was a Democrat for 35 years of my life, if I have a party where the people in the party are saying things like, and this is not just Nina Turner, I'm pointing her out because she's the last one to say it. And she's one of the higher profile people to say it. But many Democrats are saying, yeah, 
If someone says they're a man, they're a man. Even if they're not, if someone says they're a woman, they're a woman. Even So this is, this uh, detachment from reality is very frightening, yet also not surprising because we saw it during COVID. We saw it during COVID, did we not? Right? Don't do your own research. Don't think for yourself. Just listen to what we say. Listen to what we say. Get the vaccine. It'll stop the spread. Wear the mask. It'll stop the spread. Shut down your business. It'll stop the spread. Hide in your apartment. It'll stop the spread. Just believe us. Believe this anti-science, this non-science, this medieval Neanderthal science. Believe it. Just believe it and shut up. In fact, if you say things that we don't like, we're just going to censor you. We're going to delete you. We're going to make it look like you don't exist or you're a crazy person with a tinfoil hat. So this detachment from reality started probably a very long time ago with Democrats, but now they're taking it to this lunatic extreme where if someone simply says they're a man, they're a man. Forget their chromosome. They're a woman, they're a woman. Forget their chromosomes. Forget it. Because Democrats have never been the party of science. They'll say they're the science of party. This is a smokescreen. This is gaslighting. They are the party of anti-science. They're the party of science when it's convenient. That's it. They are not the party of science. They have never been the party of science. Whether it's COVID or climate change or now gender dysmorphia, they are not the party of science. They're the party of do as we say. They're the party of reality is what we say it is. So once again, you take in all this and you go, I can't be part of these people anymore. I can't have anything to do. I, I don't want to elect more of these people. I don't want until enough of them start coming out and saying, no, we're not going to take this as a party. We're not going to be part of this. Then I'm not going to be part of it anymore. You see, because I'm not in a cult. I don't believe in cults. I believe in voting for people who do good for me. Voting for people who make my quality of life better. That's what I believe in voting for. That's why Ron DeSantis won by 20 points here in Florida. Because the people here said, oh, I have a good life under Governor DeSantis. Governor DeSantis makes my life happy. I'm going to vote for him, even if I've never voted for a Republican, God forbid, before. And that's why reality won out here in Florida. But here's a story of a man named Brady. No, Norway. Okay, listen, here's, it's amazing to me. We're getting these extreme right-wing MAGA, uh, Mike C for president. Thank you, Scott. No, thank you, Scott. Hey, Scott, raise 25 million for me in the next 24 hours. Uh, thank you, though. It's, that's nice. But I want to, I'm going to read a story now about these incredibly right-wing countries, these MAGA DeSantis countries who have now banned child sex changes. You know what those countries are? Norway. Norway has now banned child sex changes, joining Finland, Sweden, and the United Kingdom in rejecting gender ideology. Listen to those crazy right-wing MAGA countries, Norway, Finland, Sweden, and the United Kingdom, okay? But once again, the left will have you believe that only extreme right-wing MAGAs want to stop children from being mutilated, 
They're the only ones, which of course would say great things about them in my mind. In the mind of a common sense person with a brain, that's a great thing. I love those people immediately. If you believe that children shouldn't be mutilated, anyone who mutilates them should go to jail, you're my friend. You're on my side. And now I can add Norway, Finland, Sweden, and the UK to countries that are on my side. Common sense, this is written in, uh, what is this? I don't know what this is. Sot.net, Signs of the Times, S-O-T-T.net. Actually, the Washington Examiner, okay? Common sense and science are gradually prevailing. Last week, the Norwegian Healthcare Investigation Board announced it would be revising its current guidelines regarding so-called gender-affirming care for minors because it no longer considers them to be evidence-based. The board also acknowledged that the growing number of teenage girls identifying as male post-puberty remains understudied. Under the proposed updated guidelines, the use of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and transition-related surgery would be restricted to research contexts and no longer provided in clinical settings. Norway, now Finland, Sweden, the UK, they've all introduced uh, greater safeguards for children. In the US, eight states so far, I think it might be nine now, uh, have banned. Now, once again, we have to watch language because the left owns the language game, right? The left likes to call mutilation of children affirmative care, right? That's such a nice name for it, affirmative. Oh, Republicans are so mean. They want to ban affirmative care. Affirmative is a positive word, right? Okay, we need to stop talking the way the left wants us to talk. It's not affirmative care. It's sex mutilation. It's sexual mutilation. There's no affirmative and there's no care. Okay, so eight states thus far have banned sexual mutilation for kids under 18, with Tennessee being the last to pass such legislation. It's good that more professional organizations are recognizing the experimental nature of this approach in children. An existing body of research shows that most kids with gender dysphoria grow to be uncomfortable in their bodies upon undergoing puberty and that those wishing to transition suddenly post-puberty may be experiencing a social contagion, which is why all of a sudden it's like the in thing to get your cut off. These studies have been dismissed because they don't fit the preferred activist narrative. The narrative, however, will continue to fall apart. A recent paper in the academic uh, archives, uh, archives of sexual behavior discusses how the placebo effect has not been adequately taken into consideration when interpreting newer findings supporting transition in children. Although the term placebo effect has commonly referred to a patient's response to intervention that is ineffective, it can also describe the beneficial psychological and physical effects associated with undergoing treatment as opposed to the treatment itself. For example, Taking part in a study often delivers a special attention to a patient and the expectation that their condition, say gender dysphoria, will improve. 
well, this may be a positive thing in like a therapeutic setting. It's not something researchers should want to have confounding study results because the purpose of research is to objectively determine whether or not a treatment works. This is especially important when evaluating interventions that can have implications for a young person's fertility, future sexual functioning, and long-term health. Although it may seem like a small step forward, I'll take the win, both in terms of Norway's decision to change course and the fact that an academic paper further poking holes in gender ideology was successfully published. This is written by Dr. Seb Rousseau, who's a sex neuroscientist, author of The End of Gender, Debunking the Myths About Sex and Identity in Our Society. So um, it's amazing. Once again, here you have Norway, Finland, Sweden, the UK, hardly right-wing or, you know, gathering grounds. In fact, very much the opposite, right? They all have like socialized medicine and such. By the way, most of those countries also did, not the UK, but Finland, Sweden, Norway, especially Sweden, did COVID much better than us as well. They're doing everything much better than us these days. So um, I'm glad this is happening. But once again, you won't hear this. You won't hear this on CNN or MSNBC. They can continue to push the fake narrative that only these extreme MAGA right-wing states are banning what they will call affirmative care for youth. Now, what does that sound like? What does that mean, right? Once again, when I say affirmative care, that sounds like it's like therapy, right? Therapy. Okay. Talk about your gender dysphoria through therapy. That's not what they're banning. They're banning doctors mutilating children the right the Republicans have to get the uh, language game going because the left dominates the language game right now. So sure, if, if, I'm a, if I'm an idiot like most Americans, if I'm ignorant like most Americans, and I hear these people want to ban gender-affirming care for children, I'm like, how mean? But if I'm an ignorant American like most Americans, and I hear that these people want to ban sexual mutilation of children, I'm like, oh, of course, I'm all, I'm all with that, right? So language is everything, and the left is still winning the language game. The right has to learn how to be very blunt and win the language game. That's what it comes down to. And then things will change. And once again, get the word out that these uh, socialist countries, basically democratic socialist countries, are banning this stuff. Not just red states. Capish, capish, Yeah. So once again, but this is what the Democrats are concerned with these days. This is what the Democrats are concerned with. Mutilating children. Hanging out with people who make fun of Christians. This is not an exaggeration. I'm not being hyperbolic. These are two stories from today. This is what they're interested in. And of course, projection. I mean, Gavin Newsom's always projecting when it comes to Ronda. He's so obsessed with Ronda Sanders, I think he wants to have sex with him. Comes from AOC, by the way. Uh, but he doesn't want you concentrating on his state. He doesn't want the focus being on his state, right? Ronda Sanders doesn't talk about Gavin Newsom. Why doesn't Ronda Sanders have to talk about Gavin Newsom? Because he wants people focusing on Florida. He wants the spotlight on his state. He doesn't want to put the spotlight on someone else's state. But Gavin Newsom wants to put 
wants to put the spotlight on other states. He lies about them, but he wants the spotlight on any state but his own. He never talks about his own state. Go on his Twitter. See how often he talks about his own state compared to Texas or Tennessee or California or, or, or Florida or any other red state right now. He doesn't talk about his state because he knows it's in shambles. So he talks about other states and he lies about other states, you know, and he has the nerve to call Ron DeSantis a small, pathetic man. Talk about projection. I mean, Gavin Newsom is like 100% hair gel. That's his whole thing. Hair gel. That's who he is. He's the hair gel king of California because that's all he's about is his slick back hair. He has the nerve to call Ron DeSantis a small, pathetic man. This is the amazing thing, but he knows, he knows that the media is not going to focus on the differences between California and Florida, the ones that really matter, you know, like the numbers, the facts that California is like one of the worst states when it comes to crime, Florida is the best, California has the worst economy, Florida is the best, California has the worst tourism, Florida the best, California the best, worst for small businesses, Florida the best. They don't want to talk about these things. They don't want to talk about these things. So they put in this garbage like gender-affirming care is banned in Florida, right? That Ron DeSantis is attacking Mickey Mouse. Oh, Mickey Mouse. And these jerks in these Democrat states fall for this crap because they're such idiots. Once again, there's no nice term to come up with for these people who believe people like Gavin Newsom and the left-wing media. I, I can't think of anything nice to call these people. Because they're just morons and they ruin life for the rest of us. So why would I call them anything but what they are? Pathetic fools. They ruin life for the rest of us. Because if California had a governor like Ron DeSantis, my life would be better. You get it? My life would be better. But they believe Gavin Newsom when he lies. They believe the left-wing media when they lie. And... We've talked about this a million times, how journalists don't do their job. So the journalists don't say, they don't, when they ask questions, they don't say like, well, what's your ranking in the economy compared to Florida's? What's your ranking in crime compared to California's? What's your ranking in tourism compared to, what's your ranking with small businesses? What's your, they don't ask these simple fucking questions, right? They don't ask these simple questions that have real answers, Look it up. Do your own research. Two major hotel chains in, in San Francisco, the, um, uh, uh, the Omni, is that it? Cron 4 News just reported this today. Yeah, yeah. The Hilton in Union Square, Hilton in Union Square, which was a huge tourist hotel for so long, is now... They're, they're bankrupt. They're bankrupt. So they have to, uh, they're ceasing their loan payments and they're surrendering their properties to the bank. So this is two major hotels in Park 55 and the Hilton Union Square. Park 55 and the Hilton Union Square are, are, are bankrupt. Ceasing loan payments, surrendering properties to the bank. The banks will decide, I guess, if they can run them or if they'll sell them or close them. But the bank now owns them. 
because they've gone bankrupt. These are two major hotels, right, in the heart of the tourist area. This would be akin to two major hotels in Times Square doing the same thing. Two major hotels in downtown Miami, where I am right now, doing the same thing. But it's happening mostly in San Francisco. This is why Gavin Newsom doesn't want to talk about his own state. He wants to talk about everyone else's state. That's what he wants to talk. He should do a podcast. He shouldn't be a governor. If he wants to talk about other states, let him do a podcast. Let Gavin Newsom do a podcast if he wants to talk about, you know, all of these other states. But if he's going to talk about his own state, he should be the governor of California and not worried about other people's states. But I've just explained to you why he talks about other states. Because the last thing he wants is a spotlight on the state where hotels are closing and small businesses are closing and people are leaving and criminal element is taking over and there are no more 24. I meant to say this at the beginning of the show, but I'll say it now. Um, uh, I get to Miami a couple of days ago, downtown Miami, and I'm looking around, right? And I'm thinking, well, what I do is I go on my phone, right? Whenever I go to another place, whenever I go on vacation, the first thing I want to know, because I'm probably a hypochondriac, is what's the closest? Well, it's not really, I'm not a hypochondriac. I always want to know where the closest, you know, uh, pharmacy is, right? <laughs> and it's usually because I want to buy like bottled water, because if you buy a bottled water in the hotel, it's like $4. So I'll go and I'll buy bottled water. So I like to know where the nearest Walgreens or CVS is. So I get here to downtown Miami. I think this is called the Br- Brickell Brickell financial district. It's a kind of an up and coming area and uh, kind of like a mini, mini, mini Manhattan. And uh, I'd go on my phone and I put in pharmacy near me and lo and behold, and I checked this out yesterday, two blocks, one way is a Walgreens, three blocks. The other way is a CVS. Now that's good enough, but they're both 24 hours. Let me say that again. Within five blocks, there's a CVS and a Walgreens, and they're both 24 hours. There are no 24-hour pharmacies left in San Francisco. The pharmacy that used to be one block away from me, two blocks away, has closed. The other one, three blocks away, which used to be 24 hours, now it's not even open till midnight. By the way, during COVID, they closed at 9. Now they open till 11. This is how pathetic California is. This is how pathetic San Francisco is. And I'm sure I've been to L.A. a couple of times. It's similar there. This is why Gavin Newsom doesn't want to talk about his own state. Hey, Gavin, why can't a 24-hour pharmacy survive in California? Why aren't there any 24-hour pharmacies in San Francisco? You were mayor there. When you were mayor, there were 24-hour pharmacies. What happened, Gavin? What happened? He doesn't want to talk about that. He doesn't want to talk about it. Here in Miami, 24-hour eateries, 24-hour diners, 24-hour, I mean, two 24-hour pharmacies within five blocks of each other. But people who live in San Francisco, look, I travel, and I didn't know that until three days ago. I didn't know that until three days ago. Now, no one in San Francisco is going to look on their phone to find these things out. Easy. You can find it out in five minutes, right? You don't have to be here. But they don't want to do that. 
And the politicians know that they were so afraid to travel, and many of them still are because they're insane, that they'll never know this thing that I just discovered by traveling, right? Many people in San Francisco, they say, well, wait a minute, damn it. There's a 20, two 24-hour pharmacies here in Miami. Why don't we have one in the city of fucking San Francisco? Why? Do they ever ask themselves this? Once again, I know most of them don't even know this because they don't want to know this. But do they ask themselves this? Will they ever ask themselves why in San Francisco is there not a 24-hour pharmacy, but they're all over Miami? And I'm sure they're all over many cities run by Republicans. Why? Because your leaders are ignorant fools who use you like pawns every election cycle. Because they hang out with the sisters of perpetual indulgence instead of helping small businesses survive. Because they dine out at fancy restaurants while telling you that you can't. Because they lie about gender mutilation and call it affirmative care, affirmative care, so you believe that spin. That's what they're concerned with in California. And that's why there's no 24-hour pharmacy. That's why the 24-hour restaurants are gone. That's why the hotels are closing while areas in Miami are thriving. That's why. Hey, Miami, Florida. Mike, 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 Mikey, Mike. Yes. I, I, woke, I woke up and I'm like, let me search calling. Oh, that's right. Mike's back east. So this is earlier now. Yes, that's I went on. Nice. Uh, what time did I go on? 11 p.m. Eastern. I forgot. That's going to yeah. be your start time for the rest of the week? Yeah, mostly. You know, tomorrow night I'm going to the um, – ball game the miami Marlins, okay. <laughs> and uh you know depends on what time i get back but I'll, I'll try to be on around 11 uh eastern time 11 11 30 eastern time yeah nice so you'll have to take your bathroom breaks a little bit earlier i'll have to <laughs> talk to myself before i fall asleep and say come on now i wake up a little earlier maybe it'll work a little self-affirmation hey you're gonna try me with with uh, joseph latipo while you're out there and see if you can get an interview with him we can oh, talk about Joe Latipo, I think, uh, what's the, oh my God, what's the capital of Florida? Why don't I, Tallahassee? Um, oh. To be honest with you, that sounds like a good guess to me. <laughs> Tallahassee, Latin? Wait a minute, let me see, let me see. Capital of Florida. Tallahassee, I got it, I got it. Okay. Is it Jacksonville? No, it's Tallahassee, isn't it? Tallahassee is the capital of Florida, yeah, so I'm not going to be anywhere near, where, where is Tallahassee? Center North. Yeah, it's the center of the state's northern region. Mm. Yeah, so I'm no, it's nowhere near Miami. So I think well. that's probably where Joe Latipo lives, I would think, wouldn't you? Yeah. I, I have no idea, you know. Yeah. You, you might get lucky. You might live down, you know, closer to where you are. You never know. You never know. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? So you can talk possible. to Joseph Latipo in person. You know, it's, um, you mean the next uh, uh, attorney general of the United States? Surgeon general? Surgeon general, yeah. Let's hope so. So the, the woman who's the attorney here might be the attorney general of the United States. She's pretty good. Oh, yeah? The Florida, yeah, I've seen her on Fox a couple of times. She's pretty good. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, when like I said, when you come here, you realize, you know, it's like everything you've heard about Florida in mm. New York or California by the politicians or the left-wing media is totally false. I mean, it's mm -hmm. 100% lie. 
All lies. Okay, let me listen up for the for your show for a little bit and see what else. Because I wanted to, when you're ready, yeah. what we got going on here in this country is, I believe, ideological subversion, Beznamov, and the four steps are in the chat, but I, I don't want to derail where you're going with this, but boy, I'll tell you what, spanks of it if you ask me. So, um, do you want me to touch on it or do you want to talk about it? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. yeah, yeah is yeah. that cool? I'm okay. Yeah. All right. Beznamov was a defecting KGB agent who died mysteriously not long after he defected. But anyway, so the four steps to ideological subversion when you're trying to move a whole culture in a direction it's a totalitarian totalitarian maneuver okay to gain control and uh well let me just read the steps and i think those they spank of what's happening here if you ask me demoralization for this step in the process 15 to 20 years are needed that is the amount of time required to educate a generation helping along the way our media and teachers have become sympathetic, consciously or unconsciously, to the theoretical causes of the subverting nation. Beznamov claims that the USSR was surprised at how easy this was, this phase was in the United States. Destabilization. Following the earlier phase, this is a two to five year period to change the target country's foreign Relations, defense, and economy. Uh, step three is crisis. Perhaps six weeks of chaos as a climatic turning point. And seven is what's known as normalization. It's a new normal, Mike. This stage changes the appreciation of what the status quo looks like. Beznamov's description of this phase also includes military takeover. So we have this culture in this country, in my opinion now, is, is it Russia who's initiating it? Is it China who's initiating it? Where is it coming from that's causing this change that we're seeing basically a controlled demolition of our economy, right? That's been going on for several decades with, the, um, you know, uh, NAFTA, started with NAFTA, North American Free Trade Agreement that Ross Perot spoke out against, remember? NAFTA, yes. NAFTA. Should we do some imitations tonight? I like doing imitations. What do you think of this one for Russ? <laughs> NAFTA, NAFTA. You don't want that. You're going to hear James sucking sound. It's going to be your job's going to Mexico, then to Asia. What do you, you, know, think? you know, the, I think that's good. The problem with Ross Perot's impersonation was so long ago. <laughs> Most people have no idea what I'm talking about. Well, they forgot what he sounded like, but he did sound yeah. like that. That's true. He did yeah. sound like that. Yeah. Then, then we had the... Ooh, the Bayesian Free Trade Agreement, right? Yeah. The Asian Free Trade Agreement, the yeah. Trans-Pacific Pact. Now, this was both sides of the aisle doing this because they're puppets for the transnational corporations. And I was just talking to a guy who does a show, Kevin Blackbear, earlier today. We were talking about the movie Network, and you and I talk a lot about that. Mm -hmm. And, boy, I'll tell you what, that's uh, very prescient and telling. Hollywood gets it right sometimes, am I? Hollywood gets movie. it right and writers get it right, like George yeah. Orwell. Right. Yes. There, there, there are certain people that just get it right. And yeah. He's one of them. And and these people. That's what's always shocking to me is that yeah, network was the seventies, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. But like Orwell was what the forties? I mean that people that some writers have such vision, right?
such vision to know what was going to happen four decades, five decades, six decades later is is pretty shocking, don't you think? Yeah, it is. Well, it, it, oh boy, I've I got to dig into Orwell a little more. Was it him, or was it uh, the one before him who had a relative who was in inside in the government and kind of fed him information of where things were going? I'm sure. Well, there's another one I just. If you, I, I think good. I, there was another guy who I was looking at and he came after Orwell, like in uh-huh. the mid to late fifties. And I forgot his name now. I just lost right. it. Uh, but we're both having senior moments together. But right he was there, saying right? the same kinds of things. And basically right, right. what he was saying, what this writer was saying in the fifties mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. that the new fascism, the new dictators right. are not going to look like the old dictators. Right. They're going to look like the kind of people who basically get the public to just simply submit to them, right? Just simply agree to their fascism, agree to their dictatorship, agree to their mm. dictatorial style. That the people will blindly submit to all of this stuff. They're not mm-hmm. even going to have to be necessarily forced. They're just going to go along with it. And didn't we just see that? I mean, and this was said seventy years ago. Was that Brave New World? Are we thinking of um, that's him? Brave New World. That's it. Very right. good, Bill. You're good sometimes. You're good well, sometimes. every now and then, my you know, I'm having my brain's a little frozen tonight. I have to admit, it's, I woke up and I, yes, I did have to go to the bathroom again. I must admit the truth, and I happened to check, call yeah. in, and here's Mike. I thought I forgot he was coming out early. I'm so yeah, glad. Yeah, Aldous Huxley, right? Aldous Huxley. Yes, Huxley. Yeah. Yes. Yes, yeah. and he, he. I just saw a clip of him in like 1956. Mm-hmm. And he was saying, mm-hmm. talking about, I guess he was talking about the Brave New World, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which, when did he write that? In 31? Holy crap. Mm-hmm. So he wrote that in 31. And mm-hmm. look at how right he was yep. about this new dictatorial style, which we saw from mm-hmm. the governors of this country, the president That's of this right. country, all right, of the United States of America in the year 2020, where it was simply, this is what we'll do. And the people, most of them, not all of us, but most of them, just simply submitted and said yes. Mm. And that is scary, man, that that people will so quickly and easily mm-hmm. go along with stuff that's not in their best interest. Yeah, and what's incredibly good, mm-hmm. harmful to them. Right, and what Besnamov was saying was once you go through two generations of that, you get to that third generation, no amount of evidence to the contrary of what they've been brainwashed into be able to change them they're so far down the rabbit hole you know that they will attack the messenger you know and uh, of, of, of the person bringing the actual truth you know it's like uh, Orwell wasn't Orwell it's Newspeak um, and I'm thinking of Oceana Newspeak where where uh, the Ministry of Truth. You know what I'm talking about. You've heard these uh, allegories before, I'm sure. Right. And so, and we have that now with the, with the Covidians, lunatics that believe that masks that are surgical masks can keep out an aerosolized virus. I mean, absolute insanity or N95s can do that. Right. When we know they can't, and and uh, and believing that oh, vaccines are the only way to go. They get so frightened. They're so and we were talking about, you know, the hippies back in the day that pushed back against authority, you know, Woods, Woodstock and smoking dope, you know, cannabis. By the way, cannabis, by the way, is excellent for the immune system and antiviral. There's sure. all kinds of herbs, yeah. you know. Also, as Scott yeah. says, Ayn Rand, controversial author, but also ahead of her time 
in a lot of a lot of ways, right? Atlas shrugged. So mm-hmm. there are a lot of these people who were just really great visionary writers, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm sure at the time, a lot of people said, "Oh, this is never going to happen." Now, mm-hmm. you, there's never going to be any kind of dictatorship in this country. Right. Our constitution mm-hmm. would never allow it. Mm-hmm. Our constitution would never allow it, but it did. Boy, I'll tell you what, that's, that's being worked on being undermined right now from the World Economic Forum, the UN, uh, the World Health Organization, European Union. We were talking about the, uh, what I call the pandemic treaty, One Health, the, um, oops, the international health regulation amendments that if, unless they're voted against, they're going to automatically kick in, I think, by the end of next year, where there will be, the, 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 you know, Tedros or whoever is the mouthpiece at the time, yeah. which will, he'll be strictly a puppet for the NGOs, the non-government organizations that provide most of the funding, independent funding are who Gavi, which is a NGO a vaccine authorization uh, organization, immunization organization, mm-hmm. um, uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, who donates heavily, by the way, to Gavi. So that you know, they've got both those things pushing hard, right? Trying, trying to penetrate uh, the world government. So there's my Klaus Schwab. He came out, Mike. I couldn't hold him back. Okay. Klaus is such a easy person. He's a fun person to impersonate Klaus Schwab, right? Oh, I'm very yeah. proud, very proud of my young global leaders, Mike. Very yes. proud. That's we yeah, have that true doll. He's a fun person. Yeah, he is. Oh, by the way, I think before you came in the room, I was mentioning that I had seen a a, a photo that was uh, photoshopped on Twitter, and it's someone mm-hmm. who who morphed Trump and Jim Jones together, <laughs> and it looks it looks fantastic. And they did I can see that. because did you hear what Trump said over the weekend that he, no. he called everyone he called his people Magadonians. Oh, my God. Magadonians. That's a new name. But these people, Bill, they say they're not in a cult. Yet they, they're now calling themselves Magadonians. Hey, he's still touting warp speed. You know, he killed Republicans by pushing that damn jab on people and on children. Not, not, of course, he didn't require it, but just the ideology he pushed. Oh, and now you know, he's, still also, pushes. he's congratulating Kim Jong-un. He congratulated Kim Jong-un because he joined the WHO. Can you believe this? What? Yes, Kim Jong-un, North Korea, has now joined the WHO. So Trump congratulated congratulated Kim Jong-un for getting North Korea into the WHO. You know what needs to happen? We need to withdraw from the World Health Organization Uh, like DeSantis says. This is is what DeSantis just said. That's right. The World Health Organization is a bankrupt organization. Mm -hmm. Kim Jong-un is bad. But joining that... We need to be mm-hmm. getting out of WHO and rejecting Absolutely. the WHO lockdown treaty, not congratulating mm-hmm. him about being involved in WHO. Trump has gone insane. He's more than ever before. I think he's totally lost it. Well, I, I 100% agree. And if you, you continue you know, to, to follow who else is funding the most, you have the Rockefeller Foundation, you have the Wellness Trust. You have all these NGOs, then when he who, as Andrew Bridgen, the MP at the U, in UK, who got kicked out of the Tory party for calling out the World Health Organization, he who pays the piper calls the tune, right? That it's corrupted. It's absolutely corrupted. Absolutely. No, 100% corrupted. You know, yeah. uh, you know, so, uh, yeah, Falcon, I'll get to your call in a second, but you're saying some important things, which is why do we need the WHO? 
Has anyone not. ever asked that question? We don't. We absolutely do not. Did, did, did the WHO stop COVID? <laughs> wait, they, wait. What they spread was COVID hysteria. That's what they did. That's exactly right. They, yeah. they crush economies. What's the, what was it estimated $6 trillion wealth transfer up to the reaches just in the shutdown of the middle class economy, the small businesses that are shuttered permanently just due to this, these lockdowns that could never work. Not to mention, I know you want to go on to Falcon, but quickly, let's say, or, you know, whoa, the, Pfizer never tested to see whether it stopped transmission because according to their ooh, executive that turned up instead of Borla, the veterinar- veterinarian scientist in front of the European Union. Oh, we were moving at the speed of science. So who did you test to see if this stops transmission? Oh, no, we were moving at the speed of science. Talk about Newspeak. Where the hell did that come out of and what is that supposed to mean? Right, you exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's right. The speed of science. Huh? Oh, no. And no, does, does it keep you from getting sick? No, because then it doesn't improve the antibodies in your mucous membrane that you needed to, to stop an aerosolized virus in your schnauzola, your eyes and your, in your mouth. You know? And, and, so, and what, what saved Trump, by the way, if you to believe the whole story around that, who knows? But what saved Trump, by the way, was those uh, monoclonal antibodies. Not a vaccine. That was before That's, the vaccine. Everybody forgets Chris Christie, Trump. Uh, who is the head of HUD for Trump? Uh, uh, ben, uh, ben, no, I'm trying to blank. Oh, uh, go ahead. Yeah. Finish that what you're saying. The, 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 all those guys were in and out of the hospital before the quack scene, and they made it because of, well, we had um, lots of protocols that the good doctors, American frontline doctor and frontline COVID critical care doctors, were repurposing drugs, you know, the ones that were veterinary drugs. Huh? Since when is ivermectin a no, isn't it a Nobel Prize winning drug that's on the World Health, World Health Association list of essential medicines? Yeah. Along with hydroxychloroquine. All of a sudden they're vet, don't touch those drugs. They're going to kill you. They're made for horses. And, uh, I'd rather take that than die. Right? Or cows. What am I doing? I can't be too loud. That's not bad. Now you, now you want to impersonate a horse too? Why not? You can do, you can do everybody. You can do Klaus Schwab. You can do a horse. You can do, you know, you can do, it's amazing what you can do. And what might, but, but, but before you, before I, before I get rid of you. For this, oh, please. Come on. We're just getting started. Can you put, take tonight, me aside and then take Falcon? Take me back, Mike. Well, you actually, know? actually, I'm going to, actually, I've been doing, you, you woke up late. I've been doing the show for an hour and a half. So oh, I'm shoot. Oh, time to wrap it up. Bit, but there'll be more tomorrow. But what I really want to talk about tomorrow, I'll do a little preview of it. Mm-hmm. Have you heard this one, Bill? Now sit down. Make sure everyone is sitting down. Now, there's a major study which said <laughs> that all those people that were put on ventilators, do you know yeah. why they died? They died? I'll tell you why they died. Do you want me why to take died? a guess? Tell me. Tell me. One was remdesivir, the renal failure drug, the antiviral that was pulled out of the Ebola trials because it was more deadly than Ebola. Two, the... Um, uh, whatever they need to to, uh, to intubate people uh, uh, slows down the respiratory function. It's an anesthesia, and um, I forget in England what is it called? Metabolize, metabolize. Well, you are, you're, being, you're being close, but you're not quite getting the new study. With the new study, oh, I haven't read the new study. Yeah, which is bacterial infections associated with the ventilators. Oh Jesus! Unbelievable. Bacterial infections associated with ventilators may have caused most of the deaths attributed to COVID, according to a study funded by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious 
diseases. So this is not a fly-by-night uh, organization. This is a real wow, organization. Wow, what a shame. Can you imagine that? So bacteria from in the ventilators. So think about that. And we'll, we'll talk more about this tomorrow. Um, and maybe Daniel can come on tomorrow earlier and we'll talk more about this and his opinion on this. But so those ventilators were being used, right, a lot. They had a lot of them. And so they probably weren't taking much care when it came to these ventilators, right? Because they were like, like they, cl- they complained they didn't have enough and they were nervous and they were shoving everyone on ventilators. So they probably just like someone was on it and they either survived it or most likely died, put that one into the next person. And so who knows mm-hmm. what kind of bacteria was in this, was, were, were in these ventilators that were causing these deaths. But despite the actual reason for this, so what the reasons might be, there were many of us who said in 2020 and 2021 that these ventilators were killing people, mm-hmm. right? And it could be the reasons you talked about or this new study, but we knew this. We knew this, that the ventilators were killing people, not the COVID-19, and that many doctors out there were saying they shouldn't use these ventilators. There was one doctor who was on YouTube very early in this process, thinking April, May of 2020, a young doctor who was Mm. distraught. He was distraught, and he was saying, we have to stop putting people on these ventilators it's killing them we're not uh, treating this right we should treat it like altitude sickness just give them general oxygen make them rest give them general oxygen and medication do not put them on ventilators we're killing them his account was taken down and he was right can i add something to that recall him saying that there are uh, dr peter mccullough dr paul merrick pierre corey and there was a doctor out of South Africa. I'm trying to remember his name. It'll come to me. But the cytokine storm that some people had, the allergy to the spike protein, corticosteroids and antihistamines kicked that, knocked that back. And that's all those people needed, along with maybe ivermectin, which was proven in a American Journal of Therapeutic meta-analysis study, 18 studies to be safe and effective in all phases of COVID. So the, they, they took the drugs away, the repurposed drugs that those good doctors wanted to and had been prescribing. They they weren't using the normal protocol for cytokine storms, which is uh, antihistamines and corticosteroids. And then they went to... Uh, remdesivir, like I said, which was pulled from the Ebola trials and went to intubating people, as you said. And, and that young doctor was saying the truth because well, of... And, ahead, and this ahead. is what you were saying. I'm sorry, I'm just reading some mm-hmm. of the comments. I'm getting more mm-hmm. information. And this there's also something called ventilator-associated pneumonia, which mm-hmm. was a thing well before COVID. They knew that. They knew oh, that. that's television And an infection may occur if germs enter through the tube and get into the patient's lungs, so on and so forth. They knew this. Mm-hmm. well before COVID. But what you said, to the point you made, they wouldn't have been on ventilators if the corrupt medical system hadn't given them remdesivir. One person writes, mm-hmm. remdesivir stands for run, death is near. Yes. Because the drug Fauci demanded to be the COVID-approved protocol, which 52% of human trials caused death. Shut your right. kidneys down, then your lungs filled with fluid, and they vented these people and forced high-speed air into the lung. So I have a question. It's a rhetorical question, but I do have a question, and we'll talk more about this tomorrow. I do want to get to Falcon uh, okay. in a second. But my question is, so when do these people go to jail? 
it's medical malpractice and it was across the nation and it took out the elderly intentionally. I say it's a partial eugenics program. And I don't think I, I, Dr. Peter, Dr. McCull, Peter McCullough was talking about bioweapons. We got a nice guy in the chat here, Zebra, talking about how the MRI technology is 30 years old. Dr. Martin, David Martin said this in front of the, I think it was European Parliament a couple was within the last two weeks, who's, that's his job to study patents. Mike, we're going to talk more. I know you want to take Ooh, Falcon. Tomorrow, could, yeah. Get yeah. Up, don't go to sleep, and I'll see you tomorrow night. All right, brother. Thank <laughs> All you. Right, All right. Have a good one. Uh, Falcon. Hey, Falcon, you're on Unless Be Heard. What's up? You there, Falcon? Hello, Falcon. Yo. Hello. You there? There you are. Okay. I don't need any stage time. You can keep uh, Billy up there if you want. You don't need any stage time. You don't want to be on the stage. Uh, you know, I just want to say, yo, 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 what it do, babies? Yeah, but you're writing good stuff in the in the. Yeah, I know, I know. I was here uh, the other night. You know, you 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 were talking about easy COVID death, and you told me I was here the other night. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's absolutely insane, and a lot of this, as you know tracks back to Fauci. All of it does. All of it does. Uh, I don't know about Fauci. I'm I'm in Canada. Where in Canada again? I'm in Toronto. Right, you're in Toronto. uh, So it'll it'll track, well, well, the the entire entire world, a lot of countries follow Tony Fauci's, you know, ideas and recommendations. It all starts with... You're an idiot. You know, if anybody follows her or Tam, that Teresa or Tam bitch, you know, who, which one? The Chinese lady in uh, oh, Canada God. with the oh, messed please. up teeth. Oh, please. <laughs> you know, that's who we were following, right? They're yes, reading that, from a script. That's true. Right? Tam. Who yeah. the fuck follows this shit? Millions of people followed this shit. Yeah. That's the problem, Falcon. Millions of people followed. Many more people followed than, like, there were us. There are many more of them than there were us. And that's the problem. And even them now, they can't admit they were wrong. They can't they admit never they will. blindly they never followed no. these people. And you know, my ex-girlfriend just took the fucking shots and didn't ask any questions. Right? Mm-hmm. And I and I said to her, you know, you ever think about this stuff? You know, don't you think this is ridiculous? Don't you think you're healthy enough? Why do you feel the need to go do this? You know, and... She didn't want to ask questions. Didn't want to think about it. Just took it. It's like, you know, what are these, like, these people are just, you know, you don't think it through. And, and you, know, and you didn't take joke. it, right? What? You didn't take it, right? I got two of those fucking jabs. Oh, you got the original ones, right? You no, got I was, uh, yeah, the first and then the second. But you, you know, didn't get the boosters, right? No, of course not. No, I only got to do, finish my schooling because I was in a rush, and I, you know, I regret it because you know, what is that? You know, I'm a healthy guy. I, 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 I ran five kilometers to the pharmacy to get the fucking jab. <laughs> you know, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is ridiculous. Like, I don't need this whatsoever, but for me to go to school, finish my schooling. Yeah, yeah, they required it, right? Yeah. And well, you know, all, see, that's the thing. It, I don't think. I think the problem is there aren't enough jails to fill all these people. For all these people, that it's there, there aren't enough jails left. We have to build more. 
in order to put these people in jail. Because we're not just talking about the obvious ones like Tam and Fauci and Burks and all those people and Walensky. We're talking about all these universities, all the leaders of the universities who made up yep. these rules. They all have to go to jail. All these well, they just follow the, the rules, right? No, because Christian universities didn't. No. What do you mean no. Christian universities didn't? Christian universities in this country did not follow. Many universities didn't. Public schools did. And some, like the, the, the left-run universities like Yale and Harvard, they did. But so any private Christian schools and private schools did not have any of these rules. Well, is it? Well, I don't know about Christian. Yale and Harvard aren't funded by the government. They didn't have to follow those rules. Not at all. Berkeley didn't have to. No, none of these universities had to. Nobody. Well, depending had to follow, on the state, you know, right? I'm yeah. sure, right? Like, what were the rules? Like, you know, it was but different like, state to state, wasn't like it? Like I said, there were Christian. Like Texas didn't give a yeah. fuck. Right. And Florida didn't do it either. So once again, it's not like everyone did it. There were people who didn't do it. Right. What happened to those people? Nothing. And, and you know, why, why? It's not the people who didn't do it. Why was, let's say, New York, right, one of the major epicenters when this whole thing first started, right? Thousands of people were dying in New York and they made it mandatory. So why did Florida... Why was Florida able to get away with? But this is a great no lesson. This is a great lesson. You put how did they get? How did they get out of it? This is a great lesson. You put people in jail, and they don't blindly follow in the future. That's what happens. You put people in jail, and then people will learn to be independent thinkers and not blindly follow because they don't want to go to jail. If you did some, if you follow, if you Falcon, this is the same excuse the Nazi prison guards gave. It's the exact excuse. I don't care if it wasn't the Holocaust. I don't care if we weren't putting people into Jews and gays into ovens. They followed, They said we're just following orders. Prison Nazi prison guards said we were just following orders because Hitler would have killed us. Our lives were on the line. And that wasn't a good enough excuse. None of these people had their fucking lives on the line. The people who ran Yale didn't have their lives on the fucking line. They didn't have to follow anything. I don't mean to yell at you, but... We didn't let the Nazi prison guards get away with the reality that if they had said, fuck you, Hitler, they would have gone into the fucking chambers. These people, their lives were on the line. They didn't have to follow anything. They should go to fucking jail, period. I agree. If the Nazi prison guards went to jail, they should go to jail. And then you know what? People in the future won't do it anymore. Well, you know what? It's like, I don't need... Who knows what the fuck the future is going to bring? People, people were raiding their fucking stores for toilet paper. That fucker Trudeau, that fucking wannabe Hitler in blackface, that fucking little yeah. fucking puny fucking yeah. fey fucking asshole can't make oh. anyone do anything. He's, He's a, a fucking little fucking loser. He's a joke. A tough guy. Let me get him, Mr. Boxer. Let me get him into a room alone without his security guards. See what a He's great a boxer joke. he is. Fuck. He's him. a joke. Yeah, he's a joke. Of course, he's a joke. He, he he's made this country. Uh, he's embarrassed this country. You know, the First Nations people of this country. There's a big problem he, in Canada here, where they are left with they don't even have running water, clean water to drink, and they came to Trudeau, and they funded their own, um, you know, promotion marketing to to get to that. They showed up at a, an event Trudeau was at. 
and he he got he escorted them out. He didn't even want to. He, he he won't even recognize basic drinking water for for the uh, indigenous people here in Canada. But once He's again, man, as I talk about all the time, Falcon, you got people in California and San Francisco who vote for these people. The Canadians voted for him again. You have to stop voting for these people. That's it. The only way they win is by you voting. They can't win without your votes, right? They have to get exactly. to win. Yeah. But you know what? How, like, he, he got reelected. It, it's, it's fucking hilarious. So uh, it's, it shows a real flaw in the Canadian people. Yeah, well, huge flaw. And couldn't you say that the same, like... You know, look at Biden. Biden is, you know, yeah. Biden got voted in. The yeah. guy is fucking on the brink of, uh, you know. With any luck, he won't get voted in again. Not a second well, who, time. So, <laughs> Not a second time. Hopefully. Well, it's coming up for both of us, the Canadians and the Americans. You know, right. that's true. And that's true. What's going to What's going to happen with you guys? Hopefully, DeSantis will win the primary in the general election, and he'll be president. That's that's our hope. That's our hope. You know, that's that's about all. Well, is that your is that your hope? That's my this hope. Is, yeah, that's your. That's my and, hope. And what does he bring to the table? I hope Americans ch- choose freedom over authoritarianism. That's what he brings. DeSantis brings freedom and the free the freedom the 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 uh, upholding, upholding the Constitution. Where the leaders don't have all the power, the people have the power. That's what we need to bring back again. Those are the well, kinds of yeah. the, we need the kinds of leaders happen, who believe in the Constitution. They believe the country is run by the people, not by them. Those are the yeah, kinds of leaders. But it's not, unfortunately, right? What? But it's not run by the people, unfortunately. Well, not right it, now. No, neither of our countries are. When, right when now. do you think it ever was? I don't know. Various times it was. I think it was in various times. You know, I, I, I do. I do. Yeah, well, the states, yeah. yeah, Scott says Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Arizona. Yeah, you know how it works here. There are like five or six states every year, every election cycle that decide the way things go. And those are the states right now that will ultimately decide the way things go. But you can't keep complaining about, well, we can because we don't vote for them. But in general, you can't complain about the state of things if you keep on voting for the same people. Yeah. And I never complain about the state of things because the state of things is so far gone, in my opinion, that right. I, don't have, I don't have time to complain about it because right? no, it's not going to do anything. Because right. what, 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 what is there to do? You know, yeah. Trudeau's taking our guns away, even. Right? Well, I'm a legal gun owner. I have my license. We have some constitutional protections here that prevent that from happening well, here yeah, on a yeah. large you are very lucky for scale. that. You guys, you guys are very lucky for that. And I'm just well, I'm we wondering have, we when Democrats. they're going to try to take that away from you guys. Well, we still have Democrats who run cities and states who want to whittle, whittle away the Second Amendment, just the way they want to whittle away the First Amendment. But we have to fight back. But luckily, on a federal level, we'll always have that Constitution to, to protect us from them totally taking those rights away. But the only way we guarantee those rights aren't taken away is by fighting back and not and kicking these people out of office. That's it. Well, that's, that's near impossible, though, I, in my opinion. Because of the ignorance of the people? Yeah, it's not it's, nearly it's, impossible. Yeah. It's, it's pretty easy to fill in the, a circle when you're voting. How do you, get, how do you get as many people like you and I mindset together? 
you hope uh, like with alcoholics and drug addicts, there's a rock bottom and people have to hit rock bottom before they realize that they need to change things and They're not things voting. need to change. You know, so that's what we have to hope for, that there'll be a Look at the state bottom. of uh, Chicago, yeah, San well, Francisco, all these tents. You don't got to tell me, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, none of, those people, none yeah. of them, they're not voting. I know. Thanks for the call, man. I appreciate it. I'm going to wrap the show up. Falcon, oh, are you thanks. wrapping it up already? Yeah, I've been on for two hours almost. That's nothing. Hey, hey, hey. I'll be back tomorrow night. All right, my friend. <laughs> you have to remember, Falcon, everyone else. I'm on vacation. I'm doing this on vacation just because I love everybody. And I want to spread the word. I want to spread the word of the gospel. But I'm on vacation here. I shouldn't even be doing this at all. I'm in a slightly better mood, but not when I think about Trudeau and Newsom and Biden. I get very bad mood. I want to just think about good things like Florida and Ron DeSantis winning and being the president. That's what I want to think about. We'll end the, note, we'll end the show on that. But like I said, this week is weird because I'm on vacation, so I'll be on earlier, a couple of two or three hours earlier than usual. Look on the schedule. I'll put myself on there. But I'm going to try to be on about 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific, around that time this week, okay? The name of the show is in and let's be heard. But until I see you again tomorrow night, this is Micah Chopoli reminding you that your influence counts. (laughs) Use it.